Hi, this is Paul Christopher Hoppy, a.k.a. Zen Madman. In this episode of the Superhero Ethics Podcast, we'll be working hard to get on the radar screens of the FBI, NSA, and the Secret Service. Oh, Today we're going to talk about killing the president. <laughs> With me, as always, is Matthew Westfox, the founder of Superhero Ethics. Matthew, say hello to the NSA. Um, I disavow all knowledge of this podcast and what's happening. Hi, everybody. My name is Matthew. Um, I'm excited and a little terrified about what we're going to be talking about today, um, but I have decided to put us once again in Paul's hands, so Paul, <laughs> lead us where you will. Uh, of course, we're not actually talking about killing the actual president of the real world United States. Rather, we'll be talking about a trio of timelines in which Lex Luthor, supervillain billionaire, runs for president. Hmm. Anyway, uh, but before we get into it with the superheroes and supervillains, why don't we briefly talk about why things like rejecting election results and potential assassinations by, say, Second Amendment people are so dangerous in the real world? I mean, I think the thing, the, the reason why these topics are so, so difficult to talk about is because they are, you know, we are, we are two Americans. I hope that people from all over the world are, are interested in this podcast, but I imagine most of our audience is Americans. And, and, and we think of those things like the, the peaceful transfer of power as pretty essential to the functioning of American democracy. I mean, my, my parents were both political junkies, and they were um, really kind of like becoming active um, in that world during the time of Watergate, which was a few years before I was born. But, but they would always tell me stories about, you know, that, that they thought of Watergate as one of the foundational American moments. Because on some level, we had a coup d'etat. Uh, we, right. we, we had a we overthrew a corrupt president in a completely nonviolent and completely government approved way. I mean, it, it was within the bounds of the system yeah. was a way to overthrow the system. Um, and, and so, yeah, when I hear about, you know, um, either in the real world or in, in these comic book worlds, you know, people wanting to say, let's step out of the system and let's use violence to change the system. There's a part of me that always is, you know, gonna gonna flinch at that, and then I look at some times when Superman kills Lex Luthor as president, and I think maybe there's something. Spoiler here. alert! Um, <laughs> sorry, spoilers. <laughs> I, I think that one is out there in a couple places. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I think this is a really great topic, especially because it really builds off of what we were talking about last week. Uh, excellent, excellent answer. I, first of all, on the <laughs> well, identity you. front, I'd just like to, uh, put out there that I don't really self-identify as American. I was born in the United States and I live in the United States and I've lived here most of my life. So, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you can just put that in my FBI file. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, the other thing is that, or not the other thing, but one thing that you pointed out that I think is so important is that we do have a system in the United States that allows us to make changes through peaceful means, right? right? And we can argue and debate about how effective that system is and ways we can change that system. But, um, you know, one of, the, one of the things that's best about the Constitution of the United States, and I think there are a lot of problems with the document as written, particularly as written in um, when it was written. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... It it in it bakes in the concept of revolution of nonviolent revolution by having a process for making amendments. So there's actually a system for changing the system of government within the system of government. And I argue that unless those methods fail so spectacularly that we actually ended up with 
a dictator who really was like Hitler, who really was killing millions of people, um, you know, we have peaceful means by which to uh, fight for what we what change we want to see. And so, well, sure, and I, rejecting I, that. Well, I, I, and I think that this is a, one more reason why you know I've said this before that I I love using the superhero stories as a kind of way to jump into questions that are relevant for our own world. Because... Oh, the um, cops are here already? Wait, can you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I can. Uh, okay. Alright, uh, hopefully folks, the, the rest of this podcast will not be re- released from prison. We are again just talking hypothetically here about everything we Guantanamo, say. not just prison, Guantanamo, let's be clear. Okay, uh, continue. You know, we'll see. Um, hopefully um, not. <laughs> exactly. Um, but but I like I, I, we've talked in, po- in past podcasts that one of the things that, that the whole idea of superheroes does is to sort of break the normal rules. You know, is to sort of say, okay, well, we have a system of how justice is enforced. And, and the idea of like, you know, that, that this is what our idea of privacy is, for example. A person who has the ability to mind read completely breaks our idea of what is and isn't privacy. Yeah. Um, you know, a person with superpowers completely breaks our idea of what does it mean that the, gov- that the police are supposed to be the only ones who have certain level of force that they can use? When just there are people who just by their biological nature have that force or by their right. technology. Maybe even the, the force of a, a nuclear weapon. Yeah, exactly. As we'll actually get into here a little bit. Yeah, um, and, and, and in the same way, I think, you know, it, it, it gives us that same sort of thing of, okay, well, we in our world can feel like, and I think with good reason, but maybe with exceptions, that, that we for the most part have a system in which we can use ways within the system to prevent, you know, a, a Lex Luthor from becoming president or, or doing terrible things as president. Um, but but what happens if we can't? And what is that in a, and exploring what happens when we can't gives us a good example to talk about what would happen if, you know, when those kind of similar things happen in the real world. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, good stuff. Cool. So now for the fun part, we've got uh, three storylines to look at all of which involve Lex Luthor either running for president or running for president and then getting elected. Um, why don't we start with Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, which is an animated feature that's a, a little over an hour long. Um, I've always loved DC's animated features. I know there's there's a few we disagree on, um, <laughs> but I think there's some that, that you love as well. And uh, in, you know, in, in this one we have right at the beginning – and I think this is based well, on a, a series of comics that was like four years long. Which me, we, yeah, go let, ahead. Let me also jump in and say, because um, I think a lot of our, our listeners probably are people who are really dialed into um, the, the Marvel and DC and the superhero worlds, including the animated shows. But, but we may have some listeners who are much more into, like they go see the Marvel or DC movies and they watch some of the television shows. But they may be thinking like a lot of the animated stuff, that's more kid stuff. Um, and, and I say that because I was absolutely one of those people until you and I talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, yeah. I, you know, I would love this stuff, but I remembered like, you know, when Batman the Animated Series was on when I was a kid, um, you know, I thought of it as a kid's show. And when I, right. when you would talk about, you know, when I, when, when I, you and I were talking about Civil War and you would say, oh, there's some interesting similar stuff in some of the Batman Superman Justice League stuff, I, I would kind of roll my eyes and think, you know, that, that, that's, that's the animated stuff, that's for kids. Um, and, and this particular movie we were, we're about to talk about, um, Batman and Superman Public Enemies, within, I think it's the first five minutes, a, uh, a character makes an incredibly off-color remark um, that, that I don't want to repeat on this particular podcast. <laughs> um, and I think it was bleeped out, but I was just like, oh, 
Oh, yeah. we're, we're not talking about a kid's show here. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, it's rated PG-13. You know, it's um, it's it's not really specifically... It's not aimed at younger kids, for sure. Exactly. You know? And, and I, I think that there's some ways in which I do think that, that some of the animated stuff is still a little more simplistic, than, although not... When you have Arrow and the Flash out there, like simplistic right. is not always. The, um, yeah, live action doesn't always involve real deep nuance and whatever. It just involves real people's faces that you can see, and exactly. sometimes it involves greater nuance. I mean, certainly the Marvel Netflix uh, series do. But, but... So, so the only point being, for any of our listeners who aren't yet plugged into the animated stuff, um, spoiler warning: we will be spoiling a lot of those things. But but if you haven't checked them out, um, they're definitely worth checking out. Maybe you wanna hit pause on this and get a chance to watch them and then come back, or maybe just we're going to talk about it, it's going to make you interested, but certainly I'd say for anyone who's interested in the kind of questions we come up with, a lot of the, especially in the DC world, I think a lot of the best explorations of them are happening in the animated world. So, with that, Paul, talk to us about Public Enemies. Yeah, so in, in Public Enemies, you know, Luke, Lex Luthor becomes president during, like, the credit sequence, you know, right. <laughs> before I think anything actually happens in the movie. And then recruits a bunch of... Um, and, and I think it's important to yeah. mention is that, that, that they make a point of sort of showing that it, it's not that just randomly he, he gets elected. It's that there's an incredible, like, economic depression and then the, mm-hmm. there's chaos. And it's, it's that idea that, that, that we have seen a lot in history of the world being in a, a pretty broken state. And so people are willing to sort of vote for this extreme third-party candidate because it feels like nothing else is working. Um, yeah, and, and he does run as a third-party candidate. I, I think he's wearing a black suit and a red power tie, but uh, <laughs> not sure. Uh, but, you know, he, he's he got – I mean, he's like a real world-class billionaire, right? Like the the kind of, you know, cartoon-level money of uh, of Bruce Wayne and, and, and the sorts um, where – he, you know, you could say he buys the election, but at the same time, the, the people vote for him. And there, there's no point in the story where they suggest that the election was rigged or anything like that. Right. Right. It's just he, he gets elected because people are like, eh, yeah, sure. Lex Luthor, maybe he'll fix things. You know, yeah. he's really good at super villaining, So maybe he'll be good <laughs> at presidenting. Um, and he sets up a, you know, a superhero task force very much like. The way in Civil War, the the UN says, okay, we're going to take over the Avengers, right? right. Um, and in the Civil War comic book uh, series, they set up a – it's not really specifically about the Avengers, but it's about um, – they set up the Thunderbolts, which is a, a group of heroes and villains, right? They, they put heroes and villains together and, and have them, you know, just basically superpowered people going around doing – superhero stuff but under the authority of the government which you know as we've talked about there's there's arguments in favor of um but at the same time when when that government is run by lex luther and people you know he's been legitimized and they're like well he's he won the election you know he's right. president now um and you've got people like captain adam who who was a justice league member in um, many stories, but also was previously a member of the United States military. Um, and he'll come back in the another show we'll talk about. But And then you have Katana, who's usually a hero. Sometimes she's like in the Suicide Squad, but in the Suicide Squad, she's kind of part of the... I don't even... Re- it's not really clear why she's in the Suicide Squad. Yeah, that, that we can just sort of move on, because that was not the best right. part of that movie by any means. 
but she, but you know, but she's not one of the captives, right? right. She's voluntarily saying, "Yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try and help." Right. Um, but she's clearly willing to align herself with like, mm, you know, some people. Yeah. Um, and then Power Girl, who's kind I, I find her story really confusing. Um, but I think she's kind of like Supergirl, mm-hmm. but in a in a in like Earth Two or something. I don't know. This uh, I I think she's different in different uh, versions of things. But she, but she's she's someone who gets to be pretty much like Supergirl, but she doesn't have the S on her chest. You know, right. she's not ah, this is, you know, this is Supergirl. So, um, you know, and she goes along with um, Lex Luthor, and then you have Major Force, who's a character I'm not that familiar with outside of here. But so you have all these characters who are traditionally superhero vigilante types working for for the government, but the government's run by a supervillain. But he's not, like, openly a supervillain. And he does set things up so that basically he frames superman for murder and now superman and is is a public enemy right and he essentially becomes like a vigilante um i mean we get back into those same basic vigilantism questions of right uh perspective here to do and and i think important to note is uh, superman is proven it is proven that Superman is right about this fairly quickly, but but from the very beginning of the movie, Superman and, and to some extent Batman sort of stand up as as the only people who are there. There, it's not that they are willing to give Lex a chance and to say, well, he was elected president, so therefore let's see if he's going to do good things, but we'll be vigilant. I mean, they just start out saying like, this is a terrible person who was elected president. I'm never going to be okay with this. Um, right. Which I think, which I think is important to this discussion because I don't disagree with them, and I, I, I think the movie certainly very clearly shows us that we shouldn't disagree with them. But it's it's them sort of from the beginning saying like we are not going to acknowledge the legit. I mean, basically they're saying we're not going to acknowledge the legitimacy of his presidency. Um, I, which, I think that's sort of true. I I think um, at the same time they're not actively working in opposition mm-hmm. to him right superman's just like no i'm not gonna work for you i'm gonna go around catching robbers and then sending him to the police right. you know um and batman's like i'm batman batman yeah. out you know <laughs> <laughs> and like i'm gonna keep being batman it's not like when there was a different president batman was like oh mr president you know um i mean sure in some continuities and sometimes he's super buddy buddy with gordon and sometimes he's you know the dark knight and right uh, what what I do think, you know, it's not like Superman goes into the Oval Office and is like, nope, you know? Well, sure, I mean, and, and this is something that the movie doesn't explore. Maybe I'm sort of doing a, a bit of headcanon here because the movie doesn't really explore this, but, mm-hmm. you know, in most most versions of the world that I've seen, you know, Superman is looked at as, like, an almost governmental-level kind of authority, you know? I mean, yeah. his, his voice carries an awful lot of power, and... You know, when when for him, especially at a time when Lex Luthor is bringing a lot of superheroes under his authority, just the fact that Superman isn't being a part of that is a real slap in the face to the authority of the Luthor administration. For um, sure, for sure. You know, and I think that that's again headcanoning here. I don't know how much the writers were intending that, but I I think we, it, it's interesting to think about. You know, what what kind of responsibility does someone like a Superman have in that kind of a context? Um, mm-hmm. You know, knowing that he's not just a guy, he is, you know, the fact that Superman does or doesn't support something 
is going to be huge public news and is going to be a big thing. Um, so, but, but yeah, I, I, but I think your point is also true that it, he isn't like actively trying to undermine the administration. He's not trying to tell people to overthrow him. He's just not going along with his authority the way a lot of the other superheroes are. Yeah, I mean, he's basically saying, you know, the people have voted. I think it was a mistake, but he's the president, but I'm not going to work for him. Right. You know, which which to me is like what Superman should do being Superman, you know. Yep. Um, meanwhile, Batman should be like, all right, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I'm going to investigate into what's really going on and I'm going to track some meteor that Luther is probably going to try to allow to destroy the, you know, um, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. So to get deeper into the, the kind of the plot um, after framing Batman and Superman, well, framing Superman, but then Batman is there with Superman. So, you know, he's guilty by association um, and sending and putting a, I think a billion dollar bounty out on uh, Superman's head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, which, you know, maybe Bruce Wayne could like have put like a $2 billion anti-bounty or something. I don't know. <laughs> But he doesn't, you know, and that I think also goes to show that as much as they reject, you know, at, at a certain point, they reject the legitimacy of the of the Luther administration, um, especially after Luther tries to have Superman killed and framed for murder. Um, you know, they're still not coming out and being like going public with this idea like this is a totally illegitimate um, right. administration. What they're doing is they're trying to get proof of what he's doing wrong and to actually stop his, his plans. Right. right. Um, and then there's, you know, there's a world threatening, um, event, which Luthor thinks like he can just, um, like single handedly avert because, you know, he's got a massive ego and then he's wrong, wrong. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and so of course Batman and Superman have to save the day and, and, you know, Lex tries to stop them and then blah, 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 blah. Um, but so, you know, do you think that like, at what point does it make sense for them to be like, no, now we're actually actively against you? I mean, I I think that's such a hard question, especially because, you know, as you were setting up, you know, one of your first thoughts is, well, once they see that, that Lex Luthor billionaire is running for president, why doesn't Bruce Wayne billionaire run for president? You know, like right. that, that, because I think, and and also in what you were just saying then about like that they're not going public, I, I think part of it raises this idea because in part, so what they're doing is they're sort of acknowledging because for them to do those things for Bruce Wayne to run for president or to fund some other candidate for president, mm-hmm. um, or because I, I, I do think um, Arrow's mayoral candidacy aside. The idea of a superhero running for president in this day and age, I kind of think the secret identity is going to get outed at some point. Um, right. And also, like, you know, Bruce doesn't have a lot of free time. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> Just putting that out yeah. there. I guess, like, Dick could be Batman for a while, the, you know? The, the Oliver Queen mayoral candidacy thing was not my favorite plot point. Um, sure. but, 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 But I think that, you know, there are things they could do, you know, Superman giving speeches and saying, like, as Superman, as the defender of the American way. I don't think Lex Luthor represents that. People should vote against him. You know, clearly they've chosen not to do that. So to some extent, they've already decided, like, the system, you know, they're doing that thing we talked about of stepping outside the system. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that. to me, that's a really interesting thing of, because it, I mean, and and they are proven right as the movie goes on, but it's sort of starting, it's them starting from that place of, the fact that the system allowed Lex Luthor to win the election is to us proof that the system is itself broken. 
Right. Um, and clearly, their their end goal is to get the system back in char- back working again. You know, they don't yeah. want to wind up with Superman ruling. But but I think that it's that that to me, there's something really interesting there of them basically saying like, want because that's in very much contrast to like what Power Girl and, and those folks are doing. Of where they're basically saying, well, look, we don't like who the president is, but but he's in charge, and we're supposed to work for who's in charge, so we have to go along with that. Right. Yeah, and I mean, none of them have quite the same personal relationship that that Superman does with Lex, but right. um, but yeah, it it is interesting that you know they didn't, and and I don't know really the backstory. Uh, I, I haven't read the the whole four year run that apparently led to um, of comics that that led to to this story, but. You know, I would imagine Superman maybe didn't want to, like, quote-unquote, put his thumb on the scale, you know, the way that Obama, in theory, didn't want to put his thumb on the scale for, um, you know, during the Democratic primary, which, you know, we can discuss how much he actually (laughs) did or didn't. But, you know, this idea that, okay, you know, here's someone who has this enormous amount of power, but respects the idea that the people should decide. Right. right? And and that's Uh, been – I mean, that's been a theme – throughout superman like the, you know like we said that from the time superman first shows up understandably there's a group of people who just want him to be in charge you know right. just like let's let's have dictator superman and everything will be great and he has really tried hard to in a, in a lot of the different stories to say no like i am a servant of the will of the pe-. this isn't his language but it's that idea of like i will do what the people tell me to you know is, is mm-hmm. what i think is for the best for the people um and it's why I think this is such an interesting movie because it really shows him going. You know, the people have said they want Lex Luthor to be their president, right? And so now he's in a situation where he's like, "But, but you're wrong, um, right?" You know, and 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 we don't think that he's wrong, but it it it's to me it, it's interesting. And I, I I watch this movie and I'm thinking, yes, this is what Superman should do, and it scares the hell out of me. Mm. Well, so I think that segues well into the next bit. Um, I, I do think it would have been interesting. I, I mean, I love the movie. It's one of my favorites, and I've watched it several times. I, I would find it really interesting to watch more of the period when Lex is president, but not just like, oh, yep, he's a supervillain, you know? Right. And Superman's kind of struggling with that, struggling with like, well, I really don't trust him. You know, I'm not going to lend my um, my name to legitimize his uh administration but at the same time i'm not going to openly uh defy it and um you know uh, tell people that it's illegitimate right um but if we go transfer um move along to the the second plot line which is it's a story from the justice league animated season uh series from season two they go to it takes place in um an alternate universe i guess i don't know it's part part of the multiverse where um there is no justice league there are the justice lords right and they were never really they were never called the justice league i think but they basically seemed to function more or less like the justice league there were seven members just like the justice league in in the justice league show um but lex luther becomes president um apparently he kills the flash because i guess the justice lords aren't fully in agreement with whatever Lex Luthor's doing. And then, you know, it, the, the, that sh- story actually opens on a scene of 
Superman in the Oval Office, and like I think Batman and Wonder Woman are also in the White House fighting guards, right? Uh-huh. And then Superman's like, you know, I can't let you do this. You've you've gone this time. You've gone too far. And Lex is like, you know, but you know, the only way you can stop me involves lethal force, and you just won't do that. And then he does. Right. And um, and then after that, you know, they become these dictators um, that are just like, well, no, you can't go out after a certain time. And, well, we can't have elections yet because we can't trust the people and blah, 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 blah. And they've kind of completely dismantled uh, the American government and, and maybe the world government. It's kind of unclear what's going on in the rest of the world in, in that show. But, um, you know, depending on what he did there, I mean, what Lex's plan was going to be, like, do you think there's just no circumstance under which Superman should, um, you know, heat vision uh, Lex out of existence? Like, if his, what if his thumb was like, on, he's got his thumb on some button, right? Right. What if that button is to, like, launch all of the nukes and kill billions of people? I, I mean, I, I think that there's two interesting things here. One, one is the, the, in regards to him being the president, but I think you're also touching on an important ethical issue that I think a lot of these shows kind of sidestep in a way that annoys me. So let me just go off on a little bit about that first, which is a lot of the shows make a big point about saying like that the hero makes a rule that they will never kill. Right. And to me, what they are doing in that is blurring two very different things, which is one of which is killing a villain out of a desire to punish or out of a desire for vengeance or out of a desire for like, this is what this person deserves versus using lethal force to prevent a lethal threat to yourself or someone else. Yes. You know, because to me, like Batman's whole thing of like, I'm not going to kill people, meaning like, you know, he's not going to kill the penguin after he captures him. You know, he's not, he's going to try as hard as he can to use non-lethal force. Yeah. Those are all things I completely agree with, you know, okay. and, and certainly I would love to see non-lethal force. You know, I think we can talk in our own world about how yes. th- there's a, a, a def- you know, th- there's no there's nowhere near enough attempts to use non-lethal force. It's, we use lethal force far too often. And, and we also far too often think that non-lethal force is, you know, a, a lot of things that are classified as non-lethal force have the strong potential to be lethal, you know? Yeah, well, there's um, there's lethal force and there's less lethal force, right. really, is, is what there is. It's not, we don't have, like, these magic nets or, like, set your phaser on stun and, like, they'll definitely be fine. I mean, you 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 use a, um, what's it called? What, a taser. And, right. like, that can kill someone. It's just a hell of a lot less likely to kill someone than a gun. Right. And, 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 and I, so, like, when a 66-year-old woman comes at you with a baseball bat, you, you know shouldn't be using your bullets i don't even think you should be using your taser you should be like okay i'm gonna take this baseball bat maybe i'll get hit in the arm anyway right and we've talked before about like you know when daredevil claims he is never gonna kill people and then hits people in the head with metal rods yeah that's 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 potentially lethal but but so to your example like on the one hand so so my first thought is does he kill lex when lex is a moment away from killing millions of people I don't have a problem with that if it's just the idea of like using lethal force to stop Lex from killing millions of people in the moment. No, I have no problem there. If the issue is um, 
super, like I think a, a second issue is that someone with superpowers like um, Superman, there's there's the idea of like he has to put in some kind of a limit on himself, and so the, mm-hmm. because or else he is going to become just a dictator. He is going to become all powerful, right? And so that limit of I'm never going to kill, you know, becomes important, and I don't want him to violate that. But it, but I mean, to me, if Superman says there's no possible non-lethal way to stop you. And so therefore I am going to let you push that button and kill millions or billions of people because I don't want to break a a principle of mine. I mean, to me, that's very problematic, you know? Yeah. That that, seems like really selfish. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a, um, in, in, uh, when I formally studied ethics in in grad school, there's a school of ethics known as uh, deontology. And it's Mm -hmm. basically the idea of like having an iron rule and you will never violate the rule no matter the circumstances. Right. And and to me, this is a perfect example of how like it, that school of ethics is generally seen as very problematic these days because it's very it's 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 basically the a definition of absolutist ethics. Yeah. For for Superman to say I cannot kill, because basically what he's he is therefore doing is by his action he is killing billions of people. Right. Um, he's he's allowing billions of people to die because his. You know, he's saying his principles are more important than the billions of lives that are right. are going to be lost. But but now going one step further to if it's not just random guy who's going to try and launch a missile, but it is the president of the United. Because I'm trying to remember in the exact moment of the show, his finger isn't on the button, right? Isn't it more of a like? There, no, I, there is like a. I think there's literally a red button there, and okay. like we don't know what it does or what you know. But I, I think he's literally about to press a big red button. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. You know, I mean, because I, and I think they're like, um, you know, we, you and I were just talking earlier about how uh, a later podcast show is going to be about, you know, what happens if we change one detail. Um, right. You know, because let, let's say, for example, if it was, Lex Luthor is not just about to do something horrible in that moment, but it's just the idea of a Lex Luthor presidency is itself horribly dangerous. Right. I'm I'm not sure I'm okay with Superman killing him in that situation, no. you know? And I, I think that that's my, – my memory of it, you've seen it more recently than I have, is that that's kind of what the show is getting at, is that the Justice Lords are not seen as as heroic as the Justice League by any means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, so I think they're, they're not exactly like the Justice League. They're, they're definitely more authoritarian than the Justice League, right? Um, and they don't seem to have – quite the same relationship with the government maybe that um the justice league does until a certain storyline in the justice league which we'll get to next right um but also i mean if lex isn't literally about to do something that's going to kill a lot of people then i mean superman could just grab him right Right. or like fly him to the fortress of solitude and be like all right stay here i'm gonna go fix everything um well, and... but but even it, I would even go a little further, which is to say, I, I, I think one of the most important thing, parts of autonomy, and this yeah. I, this I would apply to both individuals and nations or or any groups of people, is the right to be wrong, mm. is the right to be stupid. I mean, right. you know, and it, it it you know to me like I this is I, I personally I'm very against the the, the criminalization of most drugs because I think like if a person wants to do great harm to themselves through taking drugs. Yeah. I don't really have a problem with that. If that person then wants to get behind the wheel of a car and now put other people at risk, then 
then then let's talk about it. Um, but but both because of the self harm thing, but even more, I think that there's a lot of evidence to the idea that trying to convince people to do the right thing, or at least your understanding of the right thing, is a lot more effective than just telling them they can't do a different thing. Right. And in that same kind of a way, you know, I think if the American people have elected Lex Luthor as their president, if there isn't that imminent danger of he's about to launch missiles or, you know, a meteor is about to come hit the planet, which right. is going to happen in public enemies, um, for Superman just to say, like, no, you people are wrong, he's a bad president, you can't have him as your president, to me that's really problematic because that's not – A, it's a subversion of democracy, but B – you're basically going to get a, a populace who's even more dedicated to, you know. You talk, right, right. It's going to give. It's going to make him a martyr more than it's going to actually get people to see what's really going on. Yeah, and they're going to be even more like, no, but we want Lex. How dare you tell right. us we can't have him? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. You know, I mean, the the one thing that I kind of disagree with a little bit is the idea that a group of people or a nation can like really make decisions that are bad for themselves like like those decisions that are bad for themselves like you can only look at it that way if it's if you look at that group of people like a, a single thing like an entity that's right. um self-contained and the the trouble is like let's say that group of people decides to make a decision that's really bad for part of that group of people or even for all of the people but a lot of those people are dissenting right. you know it's the, i mean it sort of gets down to the roots of of democracy and you know consent to be governed and, and all these things um which you know the, <laughs> i don't entirely agree with you know i mean there's there's an extent to which i just think it's the least bad option you know, right. Um, like I don't, I don't really like democracy. I'll just say that, you know, mm -hmm. but I dislike every other system of government I've ever heard of more, right. you know? So you could call me an anti-authoritarian <laughs> anarchist. That's fine. That's fair. That's fair. But you know, the point is, is like, says the guy who's in charge of this podcast. Yes. Well, <laughs> uh, loosely in charge. Just wait everyone until he tries to tell me it's time to wrap up. Go on. Right. Um, <laughs> we end when I say, <laughs> But, you know, it, it's like for all the imperfections of, of democracy where it is kind of the the tyranny of the masses and certain people, you know, the, the people who are in the losing group are basically being governed by the people who are in the winning group. And right. just because there's more in the winning group, does that really mean they should have the authority? I don't know. You what? know, but like that makes more sense to me than, you know a single individual who who has no um real claim to to being necessarily the right person to run things have having all that authority themselves no and i think you're right there i think um uh especially because um you know first of all i totally agree with you about the the, the you know democracy and, and but uh being being a, a definitely imperfect system but better than almost anything that, that's been tried um to the horribly mangling the Winston Churchill quote, but he said, you know, democracy is the worst possible system until compared to anything else. Right. Um, but, um, and, and part of it, you know, we talked about the Constitution in this country before, and, and that it 
you know, that, that there are at least some checks and protections against the majority doing terrible things to the minority. Um, yes. Those checks and protections are nowhere near as strong as they should be, and they're often ignored in a lot of ways that are, are really problematic. But they at least exist somewhat. Um, but, it, but I think that this is the, the – the idea is always that the system itself is what's more important. You know, and like I – for example, I would, I would think back to two, in 2000 when um, uh, George Bush uh, – George W. Bush was um, elected slash appointed by the Supreme Court. And a lot of people, uh, mm-hmm. I think myself and yourself probably included, were, did, did not see that as a legitimate working of the system. Um, yeah. And, and you and I talked about how, how later in that presidency, when, when Bush was really doing some terrible things uh, and the military was – there was talk in the military of overthrowing him. Uh, mm-hmm. um, again, NSA agents, completely hypothetical. Mm-hmm. We're not discussing this <laughs> in any way. Um, but if you had told me in 2000 that – well, if you told me that there was going to be a public uprising, like you know national strikes and things like that, to demand that, that the Supreme Court – you know reallow the, the, the vote counting and, 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 and things like that, I would have been okay with that. Because then it, it is still, it, it's, a national strike is still somewhat within the sort of accepted bonds of what's happening. Right. But if you told me that the American military was going to say, we as a, a, you know, the generals disagree with the Supreme Court, we think Gore was, should have been elected, so we're going to actually like force as a military, Bush to step down and put Gore in as president instead, I I would have probably had some real problems there. Because to me, that's like the, the Supreme Court is part of the system. And I think the system didn't work properly. But but when the system doesn't work properly, what I want to see is, I said at the very beginning about Nixon, like to me, the system has a way to correct itself when the system doesn't work properly. And, and what scares me a lot about the Justice Lords kind of storyline is it's saying we have people with the power to say, no, your system's broken, so you're not going to have that system anymore. You know, like right. you said with Justice Lords saying, like, um, we're just not going to – we don't think you're quite ready for elections yet. You know, <laughs> yeah. To me, what, what that's kind of saying is we think there's enough of you who still want to elect a, uh, 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 a Lex Luthor, um, you know, so, so we don't quite trust you yet. Right. Um, it, it feels, if nothing else, very paternalistic. You know, it's kind of like dad saying, like, eh, I don't quite trust you to, like, you know, go out on your own yet, so I'm going to go with you to the movie with your friends. Like, that kind of a thing. Yeah, it, it is. And I think I think within the context of the Justice Lords, I think if Super... It, you know, my interpretation is that Lex was about to do something, you know, imminently about to do something that would have resulted in a large number of deaths immediately you know and and not you know i mean we can say this about almost every president you know except maybe like jimmy carter like they all do things that result in a lot of deaths you know and that's part of that's part of the weight of being president you know um that even jimmy carter i mean like i think something 20 american soldiers died in that failed uh, attempt to rescue the hostages in iran mm -hmm. and you know probably a good thing but yeah i mean every president yeah has some blood on right. their hands to some extent i mean when 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 you're running a military your options are either to you, you don't even really have the options of risking lives like right. you, unless you're like no no more military you know um there's there's always going to be people whose lives are at risk and you're gonna bear the weight of that and um you know but if 
if we, you know, look at whatever Lex was maybe planning to do, and it, it, if we assume that it was some crazy supervillain plan, you know, that that wasn't real, like maybe he was going to take over the world, maybe he was about to to nuke Russia and China, and you know, um, whatever, you know, if we if we give Superman the benefit of the doubt there, like I'm fine with him heat visioning him. Like if that literally was the only way, you know, if everything he could do to stop him involved lethal force. Right. That said, after doing that, like, I think he should have gone into exile, you know? Yeah. Like, I think he should have been like, all right, Superman out, you know? I, I like, mean, I, I think that's, go ahead, but go ahead. Or, finish, or at least you're, gone into being more of a Batman, like kind of like, all right, I'm going to be in the shadows now. I'm not going to become a dictator because I don't think you all can can govern yourselves. I'm I'm going to solve this one threat and then be like, okay, you know, now what? Right. Um, I, I mean, depending on, you know, who, who Luther's – if Luther's VP was the Joker, then obviously there's more work to do. I, I mean, but, I think that I want to use one real-world example for this and one um, uh, superhero one. The, the real-world one, and I, I'm going to admit from the beginning that I am – not incredibly knowledgeable about the facts, so I, I may be wrong about this specific example. But I know last time you talked somewhat about how in Turkey, the, the military yeah. will from time to time sort of – there will be a coup, but then the military will step back and say like, okay, we, we, we've gotten rid of that really bad thing, but now you, the people, you know, we're now going to go back to democracy. And that yeah. – I, I think that, that – I don't want to make that a rosy situation. I think there are still the, – the military does limit – what democracy can be in some really problematic ways, but that's at least a little bit uh, in the direction of what you're talking about. And in the superhero world, or at least the comic book world, um, I think a great example of this is V for Vendetta. Um, mm, yeah. Because one of the reasons I love that, and I, I haven't read the comic, I know, I'm a filthy casual, but one reason I love the movie so much is because the character of V does basically exactly what you're talking about. You know, he basically yeah, he says, like, he is going to have to use violence and, you know, vigilantism to remove this terrible threat. But part of what he's doing is not just removing the threat. He's also making, like, we talked before about how the problem is if the people still believe Lex Luthor would be a great president and they can't have him, you've got a real problem. But, right. but what V basically does is to say, not only am I going to remove that government, I'm going to make sure you all know why that government was so bad. But then he makes a real point. Like, I mean, he dies at the end, and he, he makes a real point of saying, like, he can't be a part of the new world that he's hoping that his actions are going to help create, you know? Right. He's sort of saying, like, that the system got abused, so I'm going to, like, continue to be outside the system to step in to try to destroy what, the, what was created. But then he really wants the system to go back to working, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's also very much like Batman and the Dark Knight yes, movie. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, where it's like, I'm going to fix it using means that I don't think should be normal means, but I don't see how we can do it within the system because the system has you – know, like like Hitler was elected, right? Oh, yeah. And he had certain powers, and then he took more powers. Right. And, and, and he, if – he used – I mean he used the powers that he had to give – like it wasn't just that he said. Right. He, he declared executive rule – and, and I, I think a emergency rule or martial law, I don't, I don't mm -hmm. know what the exact term in German would have been. But yeah, I mean, that was within the system. Um, he used the system to take over the system. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so when that happens, if there, you know, if the military was run by people of conscience at that time who looked at it and were like, wait, 
wait, no, you know, right. This, this isn't, we're, we're not doing this. I think it would have been entirely reasonable for the military to step in and be like, no, we're not going to, to kill all these people. What we're going to do is we're going to say, wait, stop. You're not in power. Okay. Now let's have another vote. See, see, but here's where I, I do disagree a little bit, and this is why I, I, I couched what I said about Turkey so much, because it's why I'm also nervous of what happens in Turkey. Yeah. For me, part of what that is think part of what that is saying is that there's a degree to which it's incumbent upon the military to say, Do we think the public made the right decision by voting for this person? And should we therefore approve or do-? you know it's sort of like once you say that you have the power to say no, this guy is really going to be abusing the power. To me, there's a real problem there. And and if it is just the, like you and I talked about it in our last episode, like if it is just the military saying the president is giving illegal orders, the president mm-hmm. is violating, is asking us to do illegal things. Right. You know, we're only going exactly by the rules. Then then even there, it's it's dangerous to me. But I think that there's something okay. It it's once 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 the the military is starting to say that. To some extent, we get to pass judgment on the will of the people and decide if it's right or wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm saying I'm getting very, very nervous there because to me that creates a really problematic precedent. Well, and, so I, I and, and I, I would just say I would just, in the same way for me with the Justice Lords because I think that that's yeah. the whole. To me, one of the reasons why I, I I feel like Daredevil actually makes this point very well, but that one of the reasons why all those superheroes have those rules that feel kind of arbitrary is because I think that they're all sort of recognizing the minute I allow myself to cross this a little bit, it can be a very slippery slope. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm particularly unfond of slippery slope arguments, Mm -hmm. but I do understand the concern behind them. And I, I certainly can understand like, you know, the idea of the military stepping in and being like, no, you can't be the president is... Uh, pretty pretty horrifying, honestly. But that said, I think it's actually the duty of the military when given instructions. Like like, I mean, did we talk about this last time? Uh, the you know scenario under which there could have been a coup if, or could be, I guess, if if Trump were to be elected president and then say, okay, now go bomb all of the, you know, go bomb all of those families of terrorists or suspected terrorists, you know, go do more torture and worse, whatever that means, you know, do this, this and this, violate these conventions, you know, um, execute a nuclear first strike. I think it would be the duty of the military to be like, no, we're not doing that. And well, in well, fact, I think during the Bush administration, it was the duty of the military of, of individuals who were given orders that violated international law. I think it was their duty and they, they didn't do their duty, not not collectively, right. everybody, but individual people who tortured individual people. That is as much on those people as it is on the people giving the orders. Because oh, when someone gives you an order to do something that you just cannot do in good conscience or without violating – you know what your your oath that you were instilled you know that you were granted the the power to execute you know military authority basically right um to use force if you don't uphold that but then you just follow 
one of the leaders who says, well, don't worry about those laws. Like, that's as much on, on that person as it is on the person who gives the order. Oh, and, and there I'm in total agreement. And I will, um, one of my favorite movies for these kind of issues is A Few Good Men. Um, have mm-hmm. you seen that? Yes, I have. Yeah, because I, I think that they do a great job of sort of saying, like, the person who gives the order is terrible and, and should be punished, but also the people who followed the order failed. Um, mm-hmm. But 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 to, to go to your situation with Trump, it, I, I think I think that there's I think there's a distinction. And let, let me kind of lay out three scenarios and tell you which I think is the one I'm okay with the military doing. And and, and let me hear your thoughts. Yeah, because um, right. I think scenario one is Donald Trump is elected, um, and the military immediately says. This is a man who has promised to do illegal things, and so therefore we as the military are going to not acknowledge this election and basically refuse to let him, you know, use military force to prevent right. him from assuming the presidency. Uh, number two is Donald Trump becomes president. He then, you know, in, instead of just saying, like, we're going to, we are assume he's promised to do terrible things, we're not even letting him in power. But the military waits until a moment happens where he does give one of those illegal orders that is, you know, against everything the military and the law stands for. Mm-hmm. And the military says, nope, we're not allowed to do that. He gave an illegal order. We are sending tanks into Washington, D.C. to use our military force to, to literally overthrow President right. Trump and install a new government. Right. Option three is President Trump is elected, gives the illegal order. And the military says, we are going to refuse to obey the order, and now we are going to contact Congress and tell Congress the military is, has been given an illegal order by the president. We think it is your duty to impeach this president. Yeah. Um, I am definitely – like, number one, I would say I'm not okay with um, because I think it's like no matter what he is pro- – to me, that's, the, that's the, the, the military saying, like, we're going to basically approve or disapprove of the election. Right. Number two – if it's an, an imminent danger kind of a situation where Trump is like in danger of doing something unless he's forcibly stopped, I'm going to be okay with, but I'm really, really nervous about it. Yeah. Number three is where I think like that to me is what the military should be doing, you know, because right. it's saying like, cause that is still working within the rules. And that to me is kind of like in the same way, like for that, that to me, I could see what the superhero is doing, you know? So, so where would yeah. you be on those three options? Well, so number three, I think is definitely totally fine. Right. Like, and in fact, what should have happened probably a lot of times throughout history. Yeah. Right. Or at the very least, you know, saying, I mean, I think I'd give even an option four, which is like the military says, look, we're not going to do that because of X, Y, and Z reasons. Right. And, you know, we're not necessarily going to make a big deal out of it, but we're just going to say, no, that's not, that's not what the military is there to do. Right. And 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 then if as a president, you know, if the president then accepted that, then you go on about your business, right? right? But then if the president was like, well, no, I'm gonna have you brought up on charges for refusing to do this, you know, because I really want to, you know, nuke wherever, then, then, you know, you go towards, um, you know, trying to get Congress to, to begin impeachment hearings. Um, and I think both of those would be totally fine. Um, the second one, the second one's almost like the worst to me. It's weird. Like, um, cause so watching the Republican national convention this year, I did have the thought, like if 
Trump were elected while continually saying things the way the things he's been saying, like, I'm not really sure that the Obama administration should should accept that. Like the the extent to which his campaign promises and, and things he said um, are just so completely counter to so many notions of of American democracy. Just it, it's I mean, he's just openly said, I will, vol- you know, violate so many aspects, you know, so many amendments, so many parts of the Constitution that I don't know, I, I wouldn't feel good about it. But like, it, it definitely gives me pause, you know, and so, and so you're saying like, you might be okay with option one. I'm saying that option one isn't to me like, well, no, absolutely not. Right. Option one to me is like, hmm, like make a case, you know, right. make a case. And, and I, I think instead of option one, the military saying this, I think if in option one, you know, the Obama administration basically was like, we are going to have a court case about this, or, you know, we, we are going to have some sort of hearings, basically like pre-impeachment hearings or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there are things that maybe would be s- not really explicitly within the system, but that would be peaceful ways of saying like, hey, we actually need to talk about this like more than um, than just like, well, all right, hopefully he was full of it the whole time. Um, and, and I'll just add one more thing that when Trump made the whole Second Amendment. The, the NSA people, is really coming for you now, aren't they? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <Hear the sirens. laughs> um, well, this is an anti-assassination comment. <laughs> when when Trump made the the comment about Second Amendment people being the only people who could like stop Hillary, basically, that that was I I think it was the first time in my lifetime I ever thought I'm not sure this person should be allowed to say this thing. You know, oh. I've heard people say horrible things, and I I'm like, well, I think that's a horrible thing to say, but like freedom of speech, you know? Right. But that was the first time I heard someone say something and go like, yeah, I'm not, I don't, I don't really think that's okay. Well, because I, there's a couple things well, I want to say. And, and the first thing while, I want to say. While we talk about killing presidents right. on this podcast, just, well, and, just to, I'd like to point out my own hypocrisy <laughs> before someone else gets a chance. Well, but okay, I'm, go I'm going to try and square that circle in a moment. But I, but I do yeah. also want to first say, um, and, and this is, this is a comment probably a little long time in coming, but, but I want to make it clear. Obviously, both Paul and myself have have pretty strong political biases, and I and I think I, I I'm very glad about the fact that we're not you know hiding that in any way. Um, I think it'd be impossible to have these discussions with while trying to hide that. But I do want to acknowledge, like I, I really hope that people who disagree with us yeah, entirely we about need the to pause. I'm sorry. So that was literally the police <laughs> who had heard some reports of something. <laughs> I don't know. Are you kidding? Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not joking. That's actually what just happened. Um, wow. And, okay. Yeah, they're like, are you here alone, sir? You know, are, we've heard some that there was some arguing or whatever. I was like, well, I was doing a podcast. I'm like, and my mom's here, locked in a room. <laughs> I mean, I didn't I didn't actually put it that way. So I don't know. Um, anyway, but so you know, if you hear ambient noise, that's my mom walking around. Um, and she's, she's not too into cops. So, and they're like, are you sure you're okay, ma'am? I was like, wow, wow. 
that's anyway i don't know i'm uh <laughs> so yeah. that 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 just got fairly meta um yeah it really did now are... my uh homeland security joke for the end of the podcast feels a little <laughs> on the nose um <clears throat> so I'm so yeah that's just I, a I coincidence that the but... military would be out of line in any of those circumstances <laughs> and clearly should just do whatever the president says exactly well so so what i was saying um before uh the interruption oddly um I do want to make clear that I hope people of all political persuasions um, can appreciate this podcast. Paul and I definitely have our particular um, bias, and I'm, I'm, I think we need to talk about that. But, but, I, yeah. but I do think, like, you know, wh- while I strongly disagree, I, I think you could probably have the same kind of ethical discussion if you thought President Clinton was going to be, you know, horribly corrupt and terrible. I, I, again, that's not my perspective, but, I, but I, I want to make sure people aren't feeling like you have to be a super liberal to listen to this podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't even t- so I don't agree with with the things that they're saying or whatever. But there are things. I mean, basically, any president is going to kill a lot of people, and a more right militarily active president, which you know Hillary has promised to be, is probably going to kill more people. I mean, not personally. Oh, I mean, but... I, I I'm a supporter of President Clinton, and I think there may well come a time where I want the the military to refuse an order in the same way right. that, you know, I think President Obama Which they did, did a lot of great I mean, things, but you know. when he started assassinating Americans overseas, you know, I, yeah. I was like, no, not okay. Yeah. Um, but, 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 um, the, the other point I want to say about what you're saying is I, I think the reason why I have a problem there is a, because I think like it, it you know, with the military, you know, or, or anyone just saying like, nope, uh, President Trump, you know, can't be can't be put into office because that's not okay. It is I do feel like I mean, to me the problem isn't just what a President Trump is going to be. The the problem is also like now now you have that martyr situation. Now you have the 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 portion of the American public that feels like the system is so broken and can't work, and therefore we need to have like a strong man. You know, part of the push for someone like a Trump or like a Lex Luthor or like a Hitler is the like, well, the system is so broken that we need a strong man on our side. Right. And, and my fear would be if the Obama administration were just to say, nope, President Trump can't happen. We're going to stay in power. You know, we're refusing to let it happen. All those people who already think we live under a dictatorship of Obama, I mean, we've just proven them true. And this is where, like, to me, it, it's that idea of, like, the system giving bad results I'm not saying – to me, it's like the absolute. You know, I, I think there are times where, where Superman should kill someone, and I do think there are times when you have to break the system. But I think it has to be such an extreme, and that's why to me it is more the like the Trump has given the order or the Clinton has given an order, if you want to take it from right. that perspective, sure. rather than we don't think that this person can be – Or Ed McMullen. He could win Utah and yeah. then the House, you know. <laughs> All possible. Um yeah, so I think that's that's more where I come from there. Yeah, I, I mean, I I agree with that, you know, and and um, I do think the context always matters, and the problem is that it's so easy to take small to medium um, transgressions or problems or you know abuses of power and paint them as these just unconscionably awful things 
that just need a revolution, you know? And, you know, I, I think there are a lot of things, like I have a lot of problems with Hillary Clinton. I have even more problems with Donald Trump. Like one of them, I do think like, really? Like, is that really? But like the other one, I'm like, well, that doesn't really rise to any of that level. But like, well, but just to, just to use an example of how the system yeah. I think is still working even now, you know, go back to what you're saying about that Second Amendment comment and how right. you're. I mean, I think we're both pretty strong free speechers, but you're I think even more 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 on it than I am. Yeah. Um, and, and you said even you were bothered by that comment, and 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 I think with good reason because, you know, there's a lot of established precedent. I think with good reason that basically says like. Freedom of speech does not include, you know, incitement to violence, you know, like standing up and saying you all need to go hurt this other person is not okay, And that that was essentially what what Donald Trump was doing in that comment. And and I don't think like if the Secret Service had just arrested him from that podium and said, nope, you're going to jail right now. Yeah, I'm not okay with that. But but my understanding from from stuff I've said is that the Secret Service did give him like a very specific warning of like Mm -hmm. that thing you said is not okay. And if you say it again, there is going to be legal action. Right. And since then, he hasn't said it. Um, That's true. He said it's other things. It's not like it's things. become a talking point. And, and I, I – maybe I'm being overly optimistic here. That's, that's certainly possible. But I, I think that that may well be because, like, even Trump sort of found, like, that – you know, the Secret Service kind of said, he, like, look, that's a line that if you cross – Yeah. We, you know, if you say it again, we may well arrest you from the podium. Right, right. Much, I mean, yeah. And, and to me – so that to me is one more place where it's like – you know, that, that to me is like the system at least working a little bit. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really disagree with that. And I, I do think that, you know, he's been kind of trying to play with the line, like the yeah. way a, a child would like be like, well, will my parents let me get away with this? Can I get away with this? You know, and most of the time, you know, it's just like, yeah, you can get away with it. Yeah. And maybe that was one time that there actually was some besides just public opinion. You know, which I think is actually part of what he's kind of been trying to see where the line is. But that was maybe one place where it was like, all right, can't say that again. You know, Um, you can say lock her up, apparently, because, you know, that is saying, hey, I'm going to use the system to make sure that there's consequences for wrongdoing, which I don't think uh, at the root of it, I don't think is is a ridiculous notion. You know, I mean, at all. But. Where I do think like, you know, saying it like during a presidential debate is like, well, you know, you probably shouldn't be going around talking about locking up your your political opponents. If you if you really want to talk about there being consequences for abuse of power and wrongdoing, like you should really be doing it in a broader way. Um, And then maybe implying, hey, maybe this will apply to my opponent, but not like, you know, I'm, you know, being that that overt about it. But. Well, and, um, but and, it's definitely different than saying, you know, people should shoot you. Right. Well, and, and part of what this leads to for me is, and it's kind of getting back to that thing I was saying about Superman and Daredevil and the like, it is to me, this is, this is why written down explicit rules are really important. Because yeah. I think, I mean, one of the things I think we're seeing in this presidential election is there's sort of understood ideas of what is and isn't okay within an election, you know? And Donald Trump is breaking almost all of them. Yeah. Um, and to some extent, you know, with the WikiLeaks stuff, a lot of people would say Clinton has broken some of them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, but in both cases, I mean, there is no place where it is written down that says that you have to, you know, not threaten legal action against your opponent. There's right. nowhere it's written down that says that, you know, um, 
you have to promise that you're going to respect the results of the election. I mean, you have to prom. It is written down that you have to actually do it, but right. promising or not, well, that, that, that's not. It. But but it's a written, you know, and and just so much of his behavior is things that they violate unspoken, unwritten ideas of what is proper in American politics. And those are things that I, I completely agree with them, and I completely think it's, it's absolutely right that those are what we assume is acceptable or not acceptable in American politics. But it's not written down anywhere. Yeah. And so it's a lot and, you know, and in this, instead, what's, it's, it's this idea of like, we're supposed to be genteel and, and loyal opposition in American politics. But what does that mean? And in the same sort of way, if you say to Superman, like, don't abuse your powers, and all the ideas of what that means aren't written down, that's kind of problematic. You know, the don't kill someone. Right. That's a much... Like, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I, like, I, I think a lot of the ways, especially for someone like Daredevil, even more than Superman, don't kill someone, I think, is the wrong rule. Because I think it, it sometimes maybe he should kill people, but also, like, the idea that he's not killing people, as we said, is kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But 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 to me it's 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 the reason why those rules are important, you know, because to right. me it's that idea of if you have power, assuming that there is kind of an unspoken assumption about what is and is not okay as a way to use that power, whether the power is of a political candidate or the power is superpowers, that's really problematic. Yeah, I mean because different people have different assumptions, right? And yeah. if you just assume some things a certain way and it's like, oh, well, we never said that. It's like, oh, well, I guess we never said that. Right. You know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I definitely agree that having more more clearly defined, you know, I mean, that's that's one thing about, like, if, if one of my criticisms of the Constitution would be that, um, you know, it was written 240 years ago, give or take, mm-hmm. right? And, um, a little less than that. And it was written in a world that didn't really have electricity, right? right. Didn't have a, a lot, a lot of things that we have today. And so, you know, I think, oh, I mean, and it's also a lot of things are written very simply, which has merit, but at the same time, it leaves so much room for interpretation, which, you know, that's what the Supreme Court does. But then it also leaves so much room for interpretation that, you know, when you compare it to laws that are written or, you know, contracts that people sign, even just for like signing up for a mobile phone. Right. You know, I mean, the the terms and conditions of using Pokemon Go are, I'm sure, longer than the Constitution of the United States. So it seems like getting a little more explicit in there, you know, would maybe have some merit. Yeah. No, I think that's definitely true. And I think that's, that, that, that's to me, it's that interesting idea of the, um, the, the danger of these unspoken rules. Yeah. Um, so there, there was one more plot line that I wanted to get to, but, um, we could, we could wrap up here or, um, I can just kind of mention that in, in the justice league series, so this whole Justice Lords thing has happened in another universe, right? Right, and then they've come to the the world that the Justice League is in and kind of replaced the Justice League, and um, then the Justice League comes back from the other world, basically breaks out of prison or whatever, you know, the Justice League Lords, um, kind of prison for them, and they defeat the Justice Lords with the help of Lex Luthor, which is how he gets pardoned. And then he decides to run for president. 
And I, I really think that um, storyline is one of the best. I mean, the way it ends is a little bit like, okay. Um, but, <laughs> you know, the idea that you can have Luther running for president and you can have the Justice League be this very powerful organization that tries to work within the boundaries of, of U.S. law and international law um, and kind of the um, really, you know, the, the challenges, the subtleties, the, you know, it's got Amanda Waller and she's, I think, very rightfully afraid of the Justice League. What if they do become like the Justice Lords, oh, you yeah. know, um, and Superman's like, well, you know, you know me, Bruce, I would never, uh, you know, I, I would never do that. You know me. And Bruce is like, yeah, I do. Right. You know, <laughs> and and so it's, it, you know, you don't know. Um, yeah, and I think that that's – I'm really glad you brought that up, and I, we do need to wrap up, I know, in a minute or two. But I, I, I think this is such a good point to, to talk about and to kind of end on because I think, to me, one of the things that, that undergirds so much of this is, is the idea of trust, you know, and yeah. that a lot of times there's this argument of, you know, I'm Superman, you can trust me with this power. I'm Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne, you can trust me with this power. You know, you, you know that I'm the good guy. Um, and which, which I think mirrors the, and I use that last phrase, good guy, you know, that, that you can trust a good guy with a gun to stop a right. bad guy with a gun, yeah. you know, and that, that you can trust these things. And I think a lot of our system is set up to basically say, no, we can't like, because even a Superman, you know, how many stories are there where someone uses some red kryptonite or, or something else that, that makes Superman go bad or that, um, you know, makes, uh, you know, some other superhero for whatever reason, you know, like the the superheroes who trust Lex Luthor. Like I mm-hmm. think that, to and I know that here you and I will disagree somewhat, but that you know that, that to me that's the problem I have with Captain America's argument in Civil War of his idea. Like you know, I I would rather trust individuals than trust you know a system. Right. Um, and I, I I just watched the movie again, and I, I I hear where he's coming from, and I think in terms of per, as individual people, you know, you Paul, I trust you. I'm going to give you. Right a whole lot of power that I might not give a random person, you know, because I trust you, I know you. But I, I, I don't want a governmental system based on that idea, you know, because mm. I just think, it. Be, and, and again, it's that same idea of like, well, we trust the, the, the military that they're only going to overthrow the government for the right reasons. Right. We trust, you know, the police that, that they're going to be responsible in the use of force. You know, I mean, just that last one, we've seen, I, I think... Yeah. The fundamental problem is we don't have that trust anymore. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, all, all this is to say, like, and I think I, to I, an extent, like maybe we never should have to that extent. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think know? that that's the, you know, and that and some people never did. I'm yeah, sure. But but that a lot of the, a lot of the response like against Black Lives Matters and stuff like that has been people saying like we should just trust the police. Like they won't shoot people unless they have to. Um, right. And I think that that is just such a dangerous, you know, that this. It's where, to me, I think, in the end, with all these things, what I want more than anything is independent oversight. You know, I mm-hmm. want someone saying, okay, Captain America, you think this is the right thing, but, but we want someone else to kind of look in and, and, and be an outside objective perspective, you know? Right. Um, you know, same thing, with, you know, in, in our real world and in this one. Yeah, and I think, you know, when we look at, um, you know, giving the president more powers, which has happened. Right. Right. Like saying, Oh, okay. Well, you know, such and such a power, like, well, you can trust Obama with it. Cause he's Obama. Like, 
maybe you can't because you can't, but you know, what about the next president? Right. What about the president after that? You know, so I, I do think when it comes to um, setting up a system and, and giving people powers, um, you, you need to consider the, the worst case scenario or at least the, the bad scenario. Right. right. Um, and that's, that's why there are checks and balances and that's why, you know, it's, it's not a dictatorship. Um, and you know, I guess, I guess we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it'll stay that way. Yeah. No, I think it's true. And I, I would just add kind of, it, this to me be my final note and, and whatever you want to say in closing, uh, like having again, rewatched civil war again, you know, I, I, I think I, as much as I'm on Team Tony, I also think the a lot of the things in the Sokovia Accords are pretty horrible and terrible. But the one thing that I think coming out of that movie, the one thing I would most want a Sokovia Accords to say is to say, we're going to set up an independent tribunal or investigative body that's going to investigate when things like Scarlet Witch killing innocent people by accident happen. Because to right. me, in some ways, that's the moment... I totally agree. That, yeah, because that's where I'm like... I, it's, I, don't, I don't know if she was wrong. I don't know if there was a better thing she could have done. And like you said, like, you know, when the choice is kill 13 people or kill 200 people, I don't think killing 13 people is the wrong choice. I, I, mm. I, but, but I don't, I don't know if Scarlet Witch could have done something better. But the thing that I do know is I don't want it to be Steve Rogers and her and, and t- I don't want it to be the Avengers who decide whether or not she did the right thing or not. I want right. some other outside body who doesn't know her, who doesn't like have sympathy for her because she's a kid and she's just learning. I want some other outside body to say, you've got this great power. You're using it for good. We really thank you for that. But we need to know you're not using it, you know, recklessly. And so we're going to look at this and decide if you did something wrong or not, you know? And that's, yeah. I kind of feel like that's, and that's what I'd want with Scarlet Witch. And that's what I would want with a president Lex Luthor. Yeah, I mean, I I think that, um, you know, I I agree with that, and that, like, when whenever a cop fires their gun, they have to go to court and explain what happened. Right. Right. It's not just like, oh, well, that just happened, you know. And, you know, we can say all we want about. I, I don't whether know if they actually not... have to go to court, but I know they certainly have to go through some kind of administrative procedure. I thought they did, but um, that's. I mean, okay. You know, hashtag facts I learned from watching, you know, cop shows on TV. So, (laughs) you know, facts. Uh, But, um, you know, if they don't, they should, you know. Um, But but yeah, the point is that there should always be a review process for um, use of force and, um, you know, really execution of of power. So I, I certainly agree that in a world with superpowered individuals, there should be some sort of review process for that. And with any sort of a president, there should, there, you know, there is theoretically and should be some form of oversight. And ideally there'd be greater transparency, which, you know, we were promised by the present administration and maybe didn't get so much. of. But anyway, um, so shall we wrap it up there? That sounds good to me. All right, so thanks for listening to this rather eventful uh, episode <laughs> of uh, 
superhero ethics podcast has been Paul Christopher Hoppy. You can reach me at zenmadman.com or at uh, zenmadman on the Twitter. Uh, Matthew, why don't you tell them where to find you before Homeland Security comes and drags us off to Guantanamo? <laughs> well, certainly. And uh, we've not yet started any kind of fundraising for this podcast, but there may be a um, superhero ethics bail fund. Uh, start up pretty soon. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> in, in which case, look for it. Um, but for the moment, we're not going to ask for quite as drastic a sign of support. Um, but we would love for you to show your support for this podcast. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, tweet at us. Post on Facebook. Share this with your friends. Um, Paul and I think these are really interesting conversations that we're having, and we would love to to share them with more people and to get more people involved. So we're still trying to kind of figure out how to streamline that and where where to sort of get all the comments to go. But for now. Tweet at us, um, Superhero Ethics, um, or Superhero Ethics Pod. It is Superhero Ethics Podcast on iTunes, but everywhere else it is SuperheroEthics.com or Superhero Ethics for the website or Superhero Ethics on either Facebook or Twitter. Um, find us there. You can also find me at uh, MatthewWestFox at gmail.com if you want to respond particularly um, directly to me. But otherwise, um, find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, tell your friends about it, uh, and let us know what you thought. Um, argue with us tell us where you're wrong tell us you know what you think tell <laughs> yeah, us tell us where you're wrong no they tell us where we're wrong and then we tell them where they're wrong that's how that works oh yeah okay uh my use of pronouns can be a little screwed up <laughs> uh, or actually what's the that was a subject but it's okay okay yeah and grammar <laughs> um but yeah so would love to have you part of the conversation um and and also if you've got other topics you want us to to talk about you know uh paul and i are still figuring out what we're going to talk about coming up soon so uh let us know uh, we know we've got a couple of exciting guests coming up in the next couple of weeks, so keep your ears tuned for that. And thank you very much for taking part. Bye-bye, everyone. Cheers. Uh, my mic is a little hot. Let me turn okay. that down a bit. This mic is hot, hot, hot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>